Have a car question? Ask the experts at 855-340-ZONE. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah, welcome back Utah Car Sense. Hour 2 here, the final show in September 2020. will be in October by next Saturday, so... Buckle up and get ready. Uh, Utah Carson's presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Eric Jensen producing today. I'm Austin Horton here with Roger Parkin of the Southtown store from Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, Roger, uh, before we get back into some car news and stories and some phone calls at 855-340-ZONE, tell us about the latest there in Southtown. Uh, we, We mentioned the detours coming people's way on northbound I-15 tonight through tomorrow morning at 90th South. How has traffic uh, been on State Street out there in front of you guys, and uh, what's the update uh, there at your store? Well, I'll tell you, the good thing is uh, traffic has been really nice out there. Uh, Seems like even with COVID continuing on, things are getting closer to normal than what they have been, or we're getting used to our new normal for the last six months. Hmm. But the uh, really neat thing is we finally are getting resupplied with cars. We've been running with Oh, I think we finished up August with a 17-day supply of new cars. And you like to run at least 45 to 60-day supply. Mm. And as of uh, yesterday when I got into work, we are at a 34-day supply. So we are getting inventory in. We have stuff that we haven't been able to find. So that's a good thing. And we're still doing 0% on a lot of the cars for 60 months and some great leases. And, you know, there's always something good going on um so we're just uh, enjoying the finishing out september and it's kind of hard to believe we're through nine months of 2020 and some ways it feels like we've got five years of 2020 in some <laughs> ways it feels like it just started yeah yep, well said what yeah. part of your life you're looking at in, indeed and, and it's hour by hour how you feel on that one for sure too yeah uh it's, it's kind of crazy well, this week uh, is Child Passenger Safety Awareness Week, or was, as we close out the week in the United yep. States. Uh, a great time to educate everyone about the right way to secure their children in their car. Uh, one Draper woman, Leslie Bruce, is grateful that her baby was properly secured when she got in a crash years ago. It caused her, uh, she said, we flipped over and then slid. Uh, miraculously, everyone was okay, including baby Zion. He had two little bruises on his shoulders from the car seat straps, and that was it, she described. Bruce said the paramedics told her family they shouldn't have walked away from the crash alive. She had just attended a car seat safety check two weeks before the crash, and as a first-time mom, Bruce wanted to make sure she was securing Zion's car seat correctly. Uh, She's not alone. The data shows that between 85 and 90% of car seats have at least one installation mistake, said Jessica Strong of IHC uh, at Primary Children's Hospital. She says a, a common mistake parents make is not tightening the harness straps enough. If you can pinch that webbing at the shoulder, it's not tight enough, she explained. If they can breathe, it's probably not tight enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll joke in a side. No, it's... That would be terrible to not tighten a car seat down enough and have something happen to your child. She also said, uh, other than the webbing at the shoulder straps being too loose, people often don't move the chest clip where it needs to be. It's often too low on many car seats. She said to slide that up about armpit level when the child is buckled in. Uh, And then, of course, age and size have to factor into choosing a car seat or a booster seat. Uh, and uh, a safety seat could reduce the risk of death by more than 70% when used correctly. Uh, if, you're, if you're concerned about uh, whether you're using it wrong or if you think you're doing it right, either way, you should go to uh, this website and check to make sure. Clickit.utah.gov. Clickit.utah.gov to find a safety checkpoint near you or simply call 801 801- 662 cars 801 662 cars i remember roger when we we left the the nicu with our baby and brought her home for the first time 
that seatbelt and that car seat, I, I may as well have concreted them into the car. <laughs> I had everything. I made the nurse come out with me and make sure that it was all done right and, and uh, you know, it, it made sure that it was all good. Now that she's just on the other side of two years old, it's, it's a miracle that we get her to get into the car seat. Uh, and so I need to remember to, to slow down. And not, I'm not saying we don't, we don't drive. We, don't, we have never and never will drive with her not in a car seat. What I mean is she hates going in the car seat. And she punches right. and kicks and screams. But we get her in there. But I need to remember to slow down and make sure that those straps are on right, the clip is where it needs to be, and take it easy. I was really impressed with when we uh, traded in our Crosstrek and got the Forester, your guys came out and they made sure that our our uh, car yep. seat was in exactly how it needed to be before they'd let us drive away. I appreciated that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I saw that article. I was thinking back to my uh, my daughter, who's now thirty three. You could not, you could tighten down the straps as tight as could be. You could put the clip that you know they had at that time on. And she could wiggle out of anything. <laughs> you could not keep her in shoulder straps. You you uh, you raised Houdini, did you? And let me tell you, I don't know how she got so flexible to be able to get her <laughs> arms up through and everything. But from the time she was about, I don't know, probably 12, 13 months old to hmm. when she got out of a car seat, you'd buckle that sucker up and, man, she would just squirm out of it. That's a, I think a lot of kids are able to do things like that. Uh, that their their bones and and things are a little more flexible and a not as flexible, not <laughs> as uh, rigid as uh, <laughs> you and I, and they can somehow wow. become uh, double jointed and get their their out of that seatbelt. And that's how I know I have a friend who talks about all the time talks about their kid. They'll look in the rearview mirror and their kid is running around in the back seat. Yeah, and they're like well, I I know I buckled them in. <laughs> they have to well, pull over, buckle them back in, start over. Especially wants to figure out how to buckle and buckle themselves, then it's game over. <laughs> you know, it's just... Yeah, maybe uh, maybe it's time to duct tape oven mitts onto their hands <laughs> until the car ride for each I, car I, ride. I think yeah. you probably would get turned into uh, child protective services on that one for being cruel and inhumane punishment. <laughs> no, it's just it's for their safety, Roger. <laughs> that would be a tough sell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't suggest that you try to sell that, but I yeah. think that'd be a really tough sell. I didn't suggest doing that, but I'll probably try it someday. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll <see. laughs> hey, uh, 855-340-ZONE. Uh, if you want to be a uh, part of the show, we'd love to have you join us. Speaking of safety, if you were one of those that bought the new 2020 Chevy Corvette, you might have a bit of a braking problem. Did you Ooh. see this uh, r- r- story, Roger? I've not seen that one. The, What's going on? The 20 Chevy Corvette and a number of other GM products are confirmed to have an issue with brake sensor contamination in its brake-by-wire system. Uh, it says the Corvette and others are under a stop delivery order because of this problem. GM confirmed the issue, but it did not confirm the stop delivery order. In total, the issue applies to the 2020 edition of the Corvette, CT4 Cadillac, CT5, XT4, the Oof. 2021 Buick Encore GX and the 21 Chevy Trailblazer. Uh, they described the problem as material used in a sensor connection in the electronic brake boost system may have been contaminated during the material supplier's production process. It can cause an interruption of communication between the sensor and the brake boost system under certain conditions. Oof, that's ugly. That is, so, you know, this is not a recall because your sun visor is clip. Uh, is this no is longer going to work. Because you might die <laughs> and kill other people. Yeah, that's you need to. If you if you think you you have got something in this uh, realm, head to safercar.gov, put in your VIN, and see if it's uh, on there. Or yeah, this, they've come out with a new app that you can uh, download uh, and check on your recalls and make sure that you're safe. You go. Yeah, I, I think it's you know this just illustrates how complex cars have become in this move to make them lighter, stronger, more fuel efficient. And here you have something that the car manufacturer did not manufacture, their supplier did. You know, it's right back to Takata airbags. I mean, Takata supplies, supplied most of the major automotive manufacturers. Nothing that the manufacturer did that built the car 
but their supplier had no ethics. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not saying that's the case in this. I mean, stuff does happen in production, but sprites. We're, just, we're getting so complex that the littlest thing can cause many, many uh, more problems than what that would have in the past. Yeah, and, and this this brake system, when it when it works properly, is clearly a, an improvement and a safe way to do yep. it. But if there's a problem, you got to get ahead of it and get that fixed. Because uh, you could have the safest car in the world, but if there's a recall on it and you don't get it addressed, it's no longer the safest car in the world. So Yeah, and you'd be amazed at how many people ignore recall notices. We, not all, but there's a, it's not surprising, it's surprising how many cars we're taking on trade that people have owned since it was brand new and there's two, three, four, or five recalls on them mm. that they've never bothered to have fixed. I think it's a lack of education on, on the automotive industry's part. And if we have a recall, this is a, this is a potentially serious issue. That's why they're recalled. Yep. So you need to get it fixed, but people will not slow down to do it. It's crazy. The The app is called Safer Car. One word, Safer Car. You can get it through Google or iOS, whatever you go through, Apple Store to iTunes. Uh, Safer Car to get that app. Let's get back out to the phone lines, Roger. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE to be part of the show. Uh, Tom, you hold tight. Max, you're up next. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Hey, Hi. I just wanted to call and say that I love the show. I listen every Saturday. And if Thank I were you. to buy my mom a car, no money available. Like, I could just buy her any card, buy her Defender 90. I could tell she loves those cars. She's always wanted one. I'd buy her one of those. <laughs> a Defender 90? What's her favorite she color? Land Rover. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think she likes the green ones. Yeah. The was it, Would you describe it as a forest green? It's not really a forest green, but it's not a bright green either. It's like a seafoam yeah. kind of. It's beautiful. Beautiful yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. She's got good taste. She's got expensive taste. But hey, money yeah. being no object, absolutely. Yeah, you're the one that yeah. said money wasn't an object. No, that's a, and that's the whole key here is Max is dreaming, and that's the the point of the poll yep. is. And I like Max that you're going with your mom. We can't treat our yeah. moms uh, well enough in life. So when we when we're dreaming, why not dream for mom? I love it. There you yeah. go. Hey, thanks for listening and thanks for calling. We really appreciate it. You have a nice day. That is uh, Max. We go from Max now to Tom, who's on the show. Hi, Tom. Hi. Hi, how you doing? Uh, I was very interested in your conversation about electric cars. And uh, I used to work as an engineer at Stanford Linger Accelerator Center in, in uh, Palo Alto. Hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, gets lost in the debate about electric cars and, and renewable energy, energy in general is just the problem of storage i mean first of all i mean let, let's look at germany okay germany's probably spent more money than any other industrialized com- country in solar and yet they're wanting to build a national a, a, a pipeline to russia for natural gas so that ought to tell you something the, the problem with all of this stuff i mean right now is that there's no way to store the energy so, I mean, yeah, when the sun's out, you're creating all this energy. If you're doing windmills, whatever, you know, then what happens when the sun doesn't shine or the wind doesn't blow? There's no way, no efficient way to really store the energy. Hmm. And, you know, in California, the infrastructure, the electric infrastructure, because of years of neglect for, for Pacific Gas and Electric, of course, they've gone into bankruptcy and everything else, you know, they don't even have the infrastructure to do it. I mean, you know. Gavin Newsom is a total moron. I mean, the governor of California. It's just, I mean, it's just unbelievable. You know, they're talking about in 15 years, they don't have the infrastructure. Like I said, the the the, the batteries, everything else, you know, the technology isn't there. Yeah. And so it's just, I, I mean, I just don't, I just don't see you how you're going to do it. I mean, you know, every time you step up the voltage, every time you step down the voltage, every time you charge, every time you discharge a battery, you lose some efficiency. Uh, okay. Yeah. And in, mm-hmm. and in the case of, you know, when you're trying to run electricity over long distances, you know, you have to step it up really high. It makes it more efficient that way. But you lose some efficiency. So, I mean, there, there are all those issues that need improvement. And uh, it's just, you know, Burton Richter, the physics, you know, He's a Nobel laureate 
at, at Stanford, one of his rules, was, one of his laws would say, we don't know the future because we haven't been there yet. Huh. And so, you know, all these people predicting, you know, we're going to do this, or we're going to do that, and we're going to do all this stuff. And it just, I would, I would suggest to your listeners, if you're really interested in this, Burton Richter wrote a book called Beyond Smoke and Mirrors, Climate Change and Energy in the 21st Century. Okay. This guy, you know, he's a friggin' genius. You know, he's a Nobel Prize winner. But that book lays it out, you know, in terms of, you know, what we're going to need for uh, energy, you know, what what's the likelihood of, you know, what, you know, how, how all this stuff is going to work. And just, you know, the numbers on it. I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't try. In other words, you know, you build homes, it's a lot easier to put solar in them when you're building them than doing, you know, retrofit. Sure. Yeah. All that kind of stuff is good, but it's literally just a drop in the bucket in terms of the energy we're going to need. I mean, even you look at solar and you look at wind, what we're doing now, it, it's like, it's literally like a drop of water in the ocean. So where are we going to get all this energy? And where are we going to get all this energy to charge these cars? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah, good good points, Tom, and, and expert uh, analysis there as an engineer from that area in, in your career. That's I think my my overall problem with the this piece of news from Governor Newsom, or Newsom, uh, yeah, that's who, that's his name, right? Uh, the, is that that fifteen year mark that by thirty five they're going to well, ban the sale of combustion? I'm okay with them. So we can call it dreaming. We can call it scheming, planning. I'm okay with them assigning a committee to work on improving, as, as Tom said there, Roger, the infrastructure, the charging right. systems, the, how to build a better battery, and then with the end goal being that eventually it will be to ban c- c- combustion engines or whatever that end goal will be to, to cut it in half. But it seems like uh, by putting a 15-year cap on it, it's like it seems that we're going to miss some other innovations along the way because we're focused on the end rather than the now. Well, I think it's a great political soundbite. <laughs> like yeah, so many things yeah. are. I mean, I, I I purely look at the politics. I said I'd do this, get me out, you know, get national news on it, build my reputation with no thought as to how to even go about doing that it looks great on paper well i said i would support this and i do this i mean look at all the fires causing in california right now from uh like tom was saying the rundown unmaintained infrastructure from the power grid i mean one of the biggest fires around two years ago was caused by the power lines lighting the trees on fire right yeah so it's it's not good <laughs> yep. But it's it's a great pipe dream. It's a great thing to say. You know, I said it. That's what we're going to do. But I think it's a good, great, lofty goal. Don't think it's very practical. Yeah, and, and as Tom said, there's no problem and no no crime in trying and dreaming right. and, and wanting to improve things. Uh, I I just think that uh, you can improve things closer to the uh, the focal point in front of us rather than mm-hmm. aiming at 15 years from now. That's all. Yeah, and it's going to take all those incremental steps to get to any type of huge dent, as Tom mm-hmm. was saying. I mean, you know, we think about all the solar that's out there now, and it's like a drop of water in the ocean. It's not much. Yeah, It helps, though. It helps offset stuff. Yeah. 855-340-ZONE, if you'd like to be part of the show, 855-340-ZONE. Uh, we have two attendant stories to each other here, Roger. Okay. All uh, revolving around used cars. Uh, it, the, the used cars, uh, the price of used cars right now is, is so high. <laughs> uh, it's probably the all-time high that used cars have ever been selling at. I, I think. I think the prices are. They're, they're saying that the price of used cars has contributed to a good chunk of the inflations in the currently that we're experiencing. Yeah, uh, U.S. consumer prices rose solidly in August with the cost of used cars and trucks accelerating by the most in more than 51 Mm -hmm. years, likely as Americans shunned public transportation because of fears of contracting the virus. Right. The report from the Labor Department uh, yesterday also showed a firming in underlying inflation last month, putting fears of deflation to rest. 
deflation, a decline in the general price level is harmful during the recession as consumers and businesses, of course, may delay purchases in anticipation of future lower prices. Uh, and so they think, as you were saying, that that's pushed the demand, which then pushes the price mm-hmm. higher. That's how that's how that supply and demand works. The more supply you have, the higher the price. Uh, the more and, demand you have, less supply. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Excuse me. Yes. <laughs> I, I, you said it backwards. Don't think while talking. That's yeah. That's my fault. Though. <laughs> uh, and so, with used cars making their biggest price jump in what they say fifty-one years, more than half a yeah. century, I then turned my attention to Hertz, who went bankrupt. And this Talk about story. An time to go bankrupt. This is pretty good in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, this story from yesterday. Hertz is has declared bankruptcy, obviously, and they they have right. plans to dispose of at least one hundred and eighty two and a half thousand vehicles uh, between last June and this coming December thirty first. Mm-hmm. That would cut the company's fleet of approximately five hundred thousand vehicles and could send car used car prices tumbling. However, the news yesterday is a bit surprising as the Wall Street Journal reported that Hertz is supporting a proposed asset-backed securitization deal worth $400 million with the idea that those funds would then be used to acquire new rental vehicles mm-hmm. across the company's fleet. Uh, while it seems odd that a bankrupt company is thinking about buying new cars, the publication, Wall Street Journal, notes Hertz wants to welcome customers back with new vehicles when travel returns to pre-pandemic levels. Obviously, there's some logic behind this, as having a fleet of antiquated vehicles isn't ideal, as it could cause customers to flock to competitors who have newer vehicles. Well, it's not just that. It's the maintenance. on As the vehicles age, the maintenance becomes more and more and more. Sure. I mean, it used to be rental cars come out of, you know, from the rental companies with 15, 20,000 miles. In the last four or five years, they're coming out with forty or 50,000 miles, so they're keeping them longer. Uh, having higher maintenance costs. Right. Yeah. And, and the, the, the big companies that have uh, in the past and will benefit in the future, they think, from better rental car sales is GM and Nissan. GM mm-hmm. uh, accounted for 22% of GM sales in 2019 was, to, uh, was for rental, and 28% of Nissan sales uh, – excuse me, I'm, I'm, that's fleet sales – but rental yes. sales, period, for Nissan account for 93% of their sales in 2019. That's back unbelievable. That up, back up. Say that one more time because that doesn't make sense. Rental sales are particularly important to Nissan as 93% of fleet sales last year went to rental car companies. Okay, so 93% of their fleet sales. Okay, yes. that makes sense. Not, I heard not, it wrong. Not their entire brand. Not their entire sales. It's no. Like, there's no way. Sorry, did I misspeak <laughs> on that? That's. I think I misspoke again. So just to reiterate, their fleet sales, 93% of their fleet sales went to rental companies, rental and cars. What, what percent of their sales is represented by fleet sales? Uh, it says 28% of 28%, their sales are fleet so. sales. Yeah. That's still that's twenty five percent. That's a quarter of your your sales are going to rental companies. That's putting and, a lot of eggs in one basket. Yeah, and, and then when one of those rental companies goes bankrupt, you lose your SOL. So you've you've lost a quarter. You, you've lost a quarter of your sales, but then a yeah. quarter of that because Hertz goes bankrupt. So yeah, that's crazy. So Subaru runs. I think they're nationally about five to six percent fleet business, which is includes rental companies. So that's part of the reason Subaru's maintain their value so well is they're not dumped into dumped in the rental market as much in fleet service and they're not hitting back on the uh, on the market as quickly. So it's an interesting business model when you rely that much on one customer, which is what they're doing. A quarter of your sales. That's not good. Yep. Uh, but good news for uh, Hertz to be getting back into the game. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, COVID, it's kind of like when the recession hit. I think lots of things are being blamed on COVID. We're in the works long before it hit. It just made it happen faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. It identified some real big inefficiencies companies have had. Yeah. Uh, speaking of something that COVID uh, has had an impact on our car shows, and one of yeah. the biggest, uh, the, the Detroit Auto Show, it got pushed back. Uh, it's getting pushed back again. 
uh, and this time they say it is permanent. It has moved its 21, 20, or excuse me, 2021 show dates from June to September through October next year. Uh, it, so this is it was My pushed guess back. It won't happen then. What do you what What do you mean? You think it'll be pushed to twenty twenty two? I think I think I don't think you'll see car shows for two years. Wow, I think it's a good goal. I just don't see, especially when you look at the infection rates. You know, look what Utah reported yesterday: fourteen hundred positive cases. Yeah, yucky. Yeah, on ten thousand tests, our, our the rate of positives is going up. The number of cases identified is going up. And we haven't hit flu season yet. We're getting close. Mm. Buckle up this winter. It's going to be really interesting, and, I think. And, I don't. And, yeah. And if you do get a negative test, let's say you have symptoms, you go get tested, and they say it's negative, there's a chance that it's a false negative, and they still tell you, even though you were tested negative, treat it as though you're positive until you get better. And so well, we're Utah, talking about missing work and, and other things. Well, I think the interesting thing here in Utah is if – you have an employee that tests positive. They've got to be out of there for a minimum of two weeks. Anyone that's been exposed to them are out for two weeks, mm. regardless where the test comes back negative, and you pay them for all two weeks. Mm. So they're not you know, the employees aren't losing anything, which I think is a good thing. I, you know, I just I'll say that right up front. So I mean, there's we're we're extremely cautious in our dealerships. If you are not feeling well, if you you know, there's a chance you've been exposed. You stay home. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's not worth it. It is not worth it at all. Yep. We, uh, we've done the same here at the zone. It, it's, and it does put And you guys stress have tighter than we do. <laughs> it, it put, yeah. It puts stress on everybody here. Yeah. I mean, when it, let's just be honest and real for a second on air here. We lost a, we have, we had four full-time daily shows and we yep. lost a host and a producer in the uh, March uh, cutbacks well that brought mm -hmm. us down yeah that, that did bring us down to only three shows a day but it added hours and length to those three shows to stretch it out right. throughout the day and if one of our three full-time producers is out that means that we're now from 6 a.m to 7 p.m splitting just two producers across those hours yeah uh and then there are part-time producers they've got other jobs or they're in school and, and mm -hmm. it, but even though that has happened where we've had to take a moment and share the duties across half the day for one guy and half the day for the other guy, it makes it lo a long day and long hours. It is completely, totally worth it to make sure that we are safe and clean yes. and healthy because the alternative is to gamble, which we never would do and never should do, but you gamble, turns out the guy has it, gives it to the other guy who gives it to the third guy, and pretty soon the whole oh, yeah. station has to be off air for two weeks. Yeah, and that's I mean, just not then, feasible. Then where are you? Two weeks off air for your station, you're done. That's it. You can't. You cannot <laughs> you, last. You just lost all your all your listeners, and yeah, I I know everyone loves sitting and listening through commercial breaks, but without oh, they're, them, they're you the don't best. have the zone. You don't have <laughs> X ninety six. You don't have KSL. Fill in the blank yeah. radio station doesn't exist without those yeah, ad I, sales. That's why I say I don't think you'll see our lives return to some semblance of a different normal. For a minimum of a year more. Well, uh, that is disheartening, but at the same time encouraging because we've been through it to this point. And I think yep. it will incrementally get better as we incrementally change our habits and yeah, get I think better. One good thing that's come out of this, you know, travel industry wise, is what the airlines are doing. And Delta has blocked out their center seats till January 6th. Hmm. So, you know, one positive, you do get a little more room in the flight if you are flying right now. Yeah. Uh, well, so. well, we'll take another call. I, I do want to say, though, and I'm, I'm sure you agree, Roger and Eric, that anyone out there who yourself or someone you love or work with or, or know that's dealing with some symptoms, it's an unsettling, unnerving time. Oh, it's terrible. And we just take, please take caution, take your time, do things right, and we yeah. will all hopefully uh, rally around you and – cover you at work, cover you at home, take care of things for you so that you can get better and get back to uh, normalcy. As, as Happily would do that. Yep. <laughs> uh, before we take a break, let's get out to the phone lines. 855-340-ZONE. Glenn has been holding. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Glenn. Uh, 
I'm not an engineer, but that that engineer dude, he's pretty smart. Uh, I don't believe California's bankrupt. Why would anybody want to co- copy California? You know, I mean, and uh, was like, oh, and then COVID test. I went to all them tests. They tell you the percentage because they're not very accurate. So hmm. as long as we just be safe, you'll be good. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks, Thanks for calling in. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, we want to copy California in its beauty and in its uh, its uh, the agriculture and in its rich rich culture period. But yeah, I'm, uh, they're not just bankrupt; they're bankrupt like five times over uh, there in California. Well, and we need we we need to learn from California's mistakes as importantly. Yeah. Yep. And we've seen the growth here in Utah. I don't know if we're still leading uh, the nation in growth. Uh, but over the per capita, rather in the in the last three years, but a lot of people flocking to our state, and as our population grows, we need to grow along with it, both from a government standpoint and an individual standpoint. We we just have Correct. to. We can't dig our hills in, and so we've always done things this way. We're always going to uh, do things this way. You got to exactly. evolve. You have to. So. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll take our break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll wrap up. This edition of Utah Car Sense in the final half hour, including uh, we talked about that uh, limousine auction for the President John F. Kennedy's former vehicles. There's mm-hmm. there's a different auction that you can get involved with for a better cause out of San Francisco. We'll tell you about that. And also, if you can't afford an Aston Martin, you might be able to afford this version of an Aston Martin. Tell you about it next here on Utah Car Sense. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Final 20 minutes or so here this week on Utah Car Sense. Welcome back. I'm Austin Horton here with Roger Parkin of the Southtown Store. General sales manager down there. Check him out uh, there in the Southtown Auto Mall. Uh, Roger, 11490 South State. Is that the address there? No, 10920. 10920. I was way off. You put us way too far south. God, I went five <laughs> and a half blocks further. Jeez. Yeah, that would put us above my Carmel and Toyota out there. You'd be uh, past Shields down there. That, that's we would terrible. be past Shields, past yeah. there. You'd be sitting in, uh, I forget what the name of the restaurant's parking lot is about there. The original Pancake House is down there someplace. <laughs> uh, it's on the. Uh, Northeast corner of 114th and yeah. State. So don't go there. Uh, go to yeah. 10, 109. Is 10920 is. South State on the west side of the street. Well, afterwards, yeah, go misses. there. Go get some pancakes, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, when After you buy your new Forester, yeah. stop and celebrate with some pancakes. Love it. Yep. I, can't, I, can't, I can't let you, you know, You've also got breakfast food. You've Oh, no. Breakfast. I'd take breakfast for our, all, all three meals of the day. Amen to that. That's it's probably it. my favorite meal, oh. especially to have for dinner. We just had breakfast burritos for dinner on Thursday night, and my goodness. Perfect. They are. That's a that's a combo food that needs to be available on every menu across America. That's amazing. Uh, but we made them at home, which is always better. Anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah. 10920 South State. That's where you want to go. <laughs> Check out Roger. Uh, now, it, it, we were talking earlier, and if you still have an answer to this, 855-340-ZONE, money being no object, but you can never drive the car, what car would you give your current partner and or your ex-partner? One uh, idea might be an Aston Martin. A new Aston yeah. Martin, it ranges anywhere from, what, 150 to $400,000, and then, of yeah. course, you've got the... The, the ones that are up in the millions that you can get to as well with with customizations. Excuse me. Uh, but if you can't afford an actual Aston Martin, maybe you could afford the Aston Martin simulator that is being sold right now. Uh, they've made a lot of amazing cars over the decades, but none of them have been able to be driven inside your house until now. <laughs> they've collaborated with driving simulator company Curve, to create the AMR CO1 simulator rig. The simulator is made completely out of carbon fiber, and according to Aston Martin, the leather-clad seat is designed to reflect 
the $3 million Valkyrie supercar's driving position. The shape of the outer shell also resembles an Aston Martin at the front. It's available in all kinds of variety of color schemes, and uh, and it comes loaded. So you sit in this, and it is, I tell you, Roger, it looks, I want to try this. It's like (laughs) when you go to the arcade and you sit down at the Uh the car driving uh, game, but it's you're actually in an Aston Martin cockpit, uh, wow. complete with the the trademark uh, paddle steering wheel with that Valkyrie seat, and in front of you is this car width windshield width uh, uh, the screen, and it puts you right inside the Aston Martin, and you drive all over the world with the same awesome. same regulations, same speeds, same uh, tuning and and, and specifications as an actual real world. Aston Martin, but instead of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, you can get it for the cool, cool price of $73,000. So uh, I would recommend... I guess that's true to the difference between men and boys is the price of our toys. That's an absolute, because this is, this looks so much fun. But my suggestion would be if you can afford the $73,000 for the simulator... Go Go buy one. Yeah, put seventy three down on a on a three hundred thousand yeah. dollar one. <laughs> Call it good and get an actual Aston Martin. That would be my suggestion. I'm no financial expert, uh, but that would be my my suggestion there. Yeah, that's a lot of money to spend on a game. Uh, also, if you've got some money to burn but want to do something a little more unique, you can now adopt a Bart car. That, of course, hmm. being the Bay Area. Uh, God, why did I just space on what that stands for? Something transit. Bay Area Rapid Transit. Yes, Bay Area Rapid Transit, yep. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway. I have thought that name for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, and it's a great system out there. Uh, I like the BART system. It's always on, it seems like every other month they're on strike, however. Uh, yeah, it's you got to do that. But for, fun. for only $10,000, you can adopt a BART car, uh, uh, Roger Parkin. And why would what you does want, that give me? Why would you want to do that? What uh, does that give me for 10 Gs? And actually, you can also get one for, I think, $1,000. But for 10 Gs, oh, this is a video. I don't want a video. I want an actual news story to read. Give me a, 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 a print version here. Okay, the first rule for acquiring your own personal BART car, come in with the mindset that you're really adopting a BART car, not just buying it. Uh, okay. Bay Area Rapid Transit officials last year announced their legacy car plan, allowing outsiders to extend the lives of decommissioned train cars in creative and innovative ways. So essentially what you do is you adopt this, uh, This they've got a graveyard of decommissioned old BART cars, and they take them and they turn them into uh, housing, they turn them into playgrounds, they turn them into uh, uh, simulators, they turn them into all kinds of things all across the, the world. They've even done uh, a, a version where they clean it up and they, they put it in the ocean as a reef for fish, of oh. course, with the right, the right thing. They, of course, you don't want any oils or anything seeping out of there. But all kinds of ideas. So but you can get little cars for $1,000 or the big long cars for $10,000 and uh, donate those to the world, I suppose, is the idea. Well, that's actually a pretty good thing. Uh, this, uh, the the uh, do you think they've covered seven hundred cars? Is what they have and what they want to move. I don't think they're going to get seven hundred buyers. No, uh, but that's their goal anyway. That is very unique, though. You know, for the for the man that has it all, <laughs> buy him a Bart car and never <laughs> see it. Car. Never have. Now, I suppose, what if you bought one and adopted one, but you wanted it to. Did you ever read the the boxcar children books, Roger? Or I did, did not. your kids read them? I did not. Where no. this, this this these kids that uh, lost their parents, they lived in a boxcar, and eventually a, a rich philanthropist adopted them and the boxcar and placed it in his backyard. That'd be a pretty cool playhouse for your that kids would be and grandkids. A great yeah. Uh, so maybe you could uh, talk them into donating it to your backyard. I'm not sure. Yeah. Do you have? And maybe you don't want to answer this, but if you've seen the Ring doorbell that uh, people yes. have on their homes. And do I have one? No. Uh, I just installed one at our home, and it's great, and it's also not so great. It picks up every <laughs> every mosquito that flies in front of the thing. But yeah. uh, they're, they're uh, venturing out 
into the world of car alarms now. And at first okay. I heard this and kind of rolled my eyes and went, okay, trying to get my question would be into why. everyone's pocket. But yeah. the devices actually kind of make sense to me. So uh, there's a couple dozen models that come equipped with Alexa, like Amazon Key from Amazon. But the Ring doorbell recently partnered up with Amazon, and they're introducing a couple of new products called the Ring Car Alarm, the Ring Car Cam, and Ring Car Connect. Uh, the disclaimer is the devices have not been authorized by the FCC yet. Uh, they're not ready for sell or lease, but the uh, the authorization is, quote, in the works. So it's promising. But here's the idea. For $59.99, the Ring Car Alarm, uh, it, it's just a simple device that will notify you if it senses the car has been bumped, towed, or broken into. Connected to your car through the OBD2 port, there's one key difference between this and the other vehicle security systems you've seen and heard about. Most other car alarms alert other people when there's a problem. This car alarm alerts you, says Nathan Ackerman, Amazon's, Amazon's director of Ring Mobility. It works like the Ring doorbell, sends an alert through the Ring app when an event is detected. The car can hoot and holler like a typical car alarm, but only if the user activates that feature. So essentially, someone gets in your car, the motion sensor rings on your Ring app. You open it up. You see who it is or what it is that is moving your car. If there's a problem, you then turn the car alarm on. I don't know. I don't know about that. That seems like there's better yeah, products pass. on the market. <laughs> the next one, though, kind of got me. It's called the Ring Car Cam. It's $199, and okay. it's uh, they, they think that it's going to be the star of this new lineup. It's like the camera-carrying Ring doorbell. The car cam can show you who's messing with your vehicle thanks to two cameras, one that points forward out of the windshield and the other that films the vehicle interior. Like a dash cam, these are on when you're driving but also are in guard mode when you're parked, ready to turn on as needed. If a disturbance around your vehicle is detected, you get that notification. Another car cam feature called Traffic Stop feels like an exceptionally good fit for 2020 even though Ackerman said it is part of the plans for the car cam since it was still on the drawing board. It includes the idea that it's connected to Alexa. And let's say you're being pulled over. And this is a this can this applies to a lot of our current events going on right now. Yep. You're being pulled over. You say, Alexa, I'm being pulled over. The car, start recording. The car cam will then record your interaction with law enforcement and save the files in a cloud. Traffic stops are a time when video can be very important, and we believe that having video of a traffic stop really keeps everyone on their best behavior, said Ackerman. If you've set up a predetermined list of contacts, Ring will then notify them that you've been pulled over and then send them the video as well. So my question is, how are they, how, how are they getting the Wi-Fi or Internet to this? What's the cost of that per month? I, it doesn't say. Yeah. It doesn't say that here at all. Uh, it, there's oh, lots of cars that have Wi-Fi on them. It does say you have to be connected to an LTE cellular network. Which uh, is Wi-Fi. And, and, right. And you have to buy that separately. In fact, Oh, and you know what? That's what the third product is here. I hadn't gotten to it yet. There we go. You, you not only have to pay $200 for that camera system, you've got to pay $200 for the Ring Car Connect system. Yep. It's not a physical product but a set of APIs that allow every automaker to integrate their vehicles with this ring system. Right now, however, the only compatible vehicles then are the Tesla Model 3, X, S, and Y, and that's it. <laughs> so if you own a Tesla Model 3, X, you S, and Y, you can have everything we just talked about. But it's I think it's a start, and I think you're going to see more and more companies uh, try and make these similar products because Roger, I, I I know that our law enforcement, the majority, the vast majority of law enforcement are doing yep. the right thing at the right time in the right way. There is the occasional uh, misstep. There, and, there's and, a bad apple in every pot. Well so. said. And why not have you and them protected? Their body cam may not work and may not work yep. on purpose. You never know. Why not have yourself <laughs> covered? if there is an incident to where you can be absolved thanks to a camera yeah. system like this. So the idea I'm in favor of, uh, the execution so far seems to be primitive. So what made you buy a Ring doorbell? Uh, well, we, we've, we bought it a few years ago when we used to live in North Salt Lake, and there was 
a bevy of uh, porch pirate problems in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just wanted to make sure that we could see who was coming to our house when and doing what. Uh, and it it worked, but we lived by, right on the edge of a street, and I couldn't quite get the motion sensors to work how I wanted them to, to where they would only pick up people right in front of the door. And now that we've moved uh, to a different place, we just never really installed it. And I've got it installed now, but my problem with it is it picks up every single motion <laughs> and I cannot get it to still ring the mechanical chimes inside the house like I did at the old house. And so we miss people at the door all the time. Uh, no, you shouldn't miss them. It's notifying your phone. That's because every, every two minutes I get a notification and I open it up and, oh, look, the the, the leaf on the tree at the bottom of the driveway moved. And so it thinks someone's oh. robbing us. So. We have friends with rings and you know on their doors, and I just I can't be tied so tight to things like that. <laughs> just it would drive me nuts. Yeah, Every, they get a notification. Oh, who's at our door? I don't reckon that. It's like God. Who cares? You're not there. <laughs> yeah, but what if they're doing? Yeah, I'm honest, what if they are ne'er do wells at your door, Roger? What if that's gonna be done anyway? Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm more in favor and more a fan of the. Uh, I'm more like our uh, our in-home security cameras. They they turn uh, they turn out to be more serviceable and helpful. Oh, pass! I, I, we're we're on camera in enough places. <laughs> I like to. I'm just, uh, I'm just not a believer in all that. I think, unfortunately, you know, businesses stuff like that's necessary. <coughs> Excuse me, but at home, I don't want to be on camera. Oh, what are you shy? Get over it! Come on, the NSA deserves to see you I naked. Oh, I care less about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this I, show took a turn for the weird. I, <laughs> it only took us an hour and fifty minutes, uh, but we got there. I, uh, right there. I, I, I guess you can call me paranoid. That's fine, but I like to be able to to have that as a protection to say if something or someone. It, in fact, you know what it really helped me with recently is That's I've got a camera in the garage. And mm-hmm. when those big windstorms ripped through, uh, my garage door looked and felt like it was going to fly off uh, at times. And I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't uh, get it out of my mind, and I was worried about it. And so every now and then I would open the camera in the garage just to make sure, you know, everything was still in place in the garage. Cool. And that helped that helped me a lot. Or well, if if uh, the, we've got a camera in the baby's room, and I don't have to get up in the night and go looking and checking on her, I can just if I hear a noise or whatever, I just look on the camera. I don't disturb her, and we're good to go back to sleep. So it's helpful More in other ways. You don't have to get out of bed. Yes, no, I, I I understand that. I just I'm just not that paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> We need to make Roger more paranoid. 855-340-ZONE. Let's make Roger paranoid. (laughs) Uh, All right. Not going to happen. One last uh, story here before we close for the week, Roger. This is a a world focus that has started right here in Utah. In the middle of a historically active wildfire, wildfire season, where large amounts of carbon dioxide, brown and black carbon, and ozone are pouring into the atmosphere, the Utah Clean Cities Coalition wants to remind people that there is something they can do to help keep the air clean, and it only takes just a few seconds. Turning off the ignition of an idle car is a simple act with potentially large benefits, said Tammy Bostick, the executive director of the coalition. It is a message she hopes to share, particularly particularly this month, uh, marking the 13th anniversary of the Idle Free Declaration issued by the Utah governor. Now, we've mocked that declaration at times because there's really no teeth to uh, nope. the, the, the fines that are threatened if you don't follow <clears throat> it. But it serves, I think, as a good reminder and, and a good yeah. education piece that 6 billion gallons of fuel are wasted each year due to vehicle idling and personal vehicles release around 30 million tons of carbon dioxide while doing so, according to the U.S. Department wow. of Energy. And so a simple little thing is when you're at a stoplight, turn the car off. 
when you're sitting at the car waiting for the kids at soccer practice, turn the car off. Ooh, don't don't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn it off at a stoplight. Sorry. What do you mean? To turn off and no. Oh, my Subaru it, does that automatically for me. It does it on. That's two different things, though. I mean, if the car is designed to be turned off at the stoplight and shut down, it'll start back up immediately. I just I don't think that's safe if you were actually physically turning it off and on. I would not do that. What What's not safe about it? What if you see a car coming at you? You got to hit the gas. You you know it's just it's just more. There's your paranoia right there. Okay. I'd rather be in control. I like the fact that you know Subaru is making the car start stop because it does save just ever so tiny amount of gas and pollution every time it does that. And you multiply that across hundreds of thousands of cars, it's quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But that's designed to do that. So when you take your foot off the brake and hit the gas, it starts back up immediately. Mm. To have to fumble for a you know key or a button to start your car, I don't think is a very safe thing to do. Well, that's just me. Uh, Kerry Kelly, an assistant professor of chemical engineering at the University of Utah, says on average, people spend about 7% of their driving time idling. The other thing that is not good about idling is, of course, it wastes fuel and your car's emission control system does not work optimally while it's idling. And so they're looking into how to fix this and get it together. And the world has turned its eyes to this study because California in our in in other states in this country New York but also big big time European cities that are looking to try and solve uh, pollution problems and idling problems are throwing money behind this idea to try and find a better solution and like you and I were just talking about that start stop uh option on the Subaru it's 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 actually really really cool because like you were talking about you don't have to fumble with anything. It's just a matter of you put your right. foot on the brake. It notices that you're idling. It shuts it down. As soon as you push that gas pedal again, it kicks back in and starts right up, and you go. Correct. It's, what would you say, a, it's probably a, a, a 0.2 second response time. Uh, yeah, for that it's, real, it's, real, it's pretty seamless. In I mean, effect, there's, there's a little lag, but not much. I don't think it waits for you to push the gas, does it? it, it, it no, it starts right back release up. release the, the brake, you, and it starts. Yep. Yeah, so... So there's ideas, but they're yep. not they're not as widespread as they probably need and should be. Well, Roger, that right. brings us to the finish line here on Utah Car Sense for the month of September. Well done, sir. Thank you. You have a wonderful uh, rest of the month and the start of October. You can check out Roger and the good people at Mark Miller Subaru at 10920 South State. Did I get it? You got it. 10920 South State or 3535 South State in both Murray and Sandy. We'll see you next week right here on Utah Carsons.